My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. everyone and thank you for joining us. We're delighted that you've tuned in to our live broadcast this evening and I appreciate all of you joining us and I bless you and your precious family in the wonderful name of Jesus. We will continue live streaming tomorrow night. I'll do my daily devotion with you at 7 p.m. Please tune in also On Easter Sunday morning, we have two services back-to-back. At 10 a.m., Brother Daniel Strobel will be doing a Bible lesson. And then at 11 a.m., we'll have our morning worship, and I will be preaching. Be sure to anoint your houses and also contact all of the backsliders that you can think of and that the Lord lays upon your heart. Stay strong in your faith. Be encouraged. The Lord is with us. And he's going to see us through to the end. And now Brother Jack Cunningham is going to minister to us the word of God. So receive this word into your spirit by faith. And may it bless your heart. God bless you. It's good to have the opportunity to be with you this evening. Uh, I'm in Chesapeake, Virginia at our church with our sound team. And... uh, It's my privilege to get to preach to you in Pensacola, Florida. I very much appreciate First Pentecostal Church. You are a church that is renowned. You are a church that's powerful in the Holy Ghost. And you are a church that has uh, set the path, set the way uh, for apostolic churches literally for decades and decades and decades. I love your pastor and his family very much. Pastor Brian Kinsey is a highly anointed man of God, a man of wisdom, a man of the Spirit, and it is a privilege to count him as one of my dear, dear friends. And again, I'm honored to be asked to speak to you this evening, and the subject that I'm going to speak to you on is the end-time apostolic church. The end-time apostolic church. Now, Lord Jesus, I'm asking that you would touch your people. Touch me, Lord God, as I deliver the word that you placed upon my heart. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost be felt on this live stream, right into living rooms and to kitchens and dining rooms and family rooms and wherever people are while they're watching. Let them feel the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost, I pray. I pray this in that name that's above every other name, the name Jesus, amen and amen. The end time apostolic church. I want to tell you as I begin this message this evening that there is nothing more powerful than an apostolic church that is doing and being what God designed that church to do and to be. I want to say that again, there is nothing more powerful than an apostolic church that is doing and being 
what God designed it to do and be. First Pentecostal Church is an end-time apostolic church. You have been an apostolic church, a truly apostolic church for many, many, many years. I remember when I was just a little boy hearing my family, my grandfather and his sisters that would be my great aunts who were a part of the Pensacola Church many, many, many years ago. I remember hearing them talk about that great church and the preaching and the moves of God that you've had over the years and never any greater than what God is doing with you and through you right now as a church. I want to remind all of us that we're living at the time of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind all of us that the trumpet is going to sound and that God is going to come back after his church. Let me assure you that he's not coming back after a weak church. He's not coming back after an anemic or powerless church. He's not coming back after a church that is broken or lost or carnal or compromising. No, that's not the kind of church that he's coming back to get. I believe with all of my heart that the greatest and the most powerful and the most influential, the most dynamic and the most apostolic church in the history of the world will be this end time apostolic church. I believe that at the time of the coming of the Lord, the church will be in full stride and the church will be doing and seeing things that they have only dreamed about heretofore. I believe that when Jesus comes, this church is going to be impacting the world, people all over the world. I believe this church is going to be seeing signs and wonders and miracles and tremendous moves of God at the time of the coming of the Lord. I don't I don't believe the church will ever be any more powerful than it will be just before the sound of the trumpet. That end time apostolic church will be God's greatest church ever. And I don't know about you. Well, maybe I do think I know about you. I think we've all got our minds made up. We're going to be a part of that church. We're going to be a part of the church that Jesus Christ has prepared for the end time. I don't plan to be sitting on the sidelines. I don't be, I don't plan on watching other people participating and me just observing. I intend to be right in the middle, in the heat of the, of the revival, in the red hot move of God that He has promised us at the end time. Let me talk to you a little bit about what makes an apostolic church. There are some, uh, uh, if you please, some doctrines, some foundation principles and stones that are absolutely essential to an end-time apostolic church. Let me tell you that I believe there are at least six of these that are directly the reason the end-time apostolic church is going to be the great spiritual force that God has designed it to be in these last days. Let me talk to you about those six things. Number one, and you've probably already guessed where I'll begin, it's apostolic doctrine. Apostolic doctrine is the foundation 
principle or stone, if you please, the foundation that an apostolic church is built upon. I've said it before, and I will say it again, that it is absolutely impossible to have or to be an apostolic church without apostolic doctrine. If you give up on apostolic doctrine, you are giving up on being apostolic. You can't be an apostolic believer. You can't be an apostolic minister. You can't be an apostolic church unless you also embrace and hold tight to apostolic doctrine. And of course, when I talk about apostolic doctrine, I'm talking about the message of one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and Him alone shall you serve. I'm talking about Bible salvation that includes repentance, which is a turning away from sin. And water baptism by immersion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible said we're buried with him in baptism and that we rise to walk in the newness of life. So repentance and water baptism. And then of course to be gloriously filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the Bible evidence of speaking with other tongues. When I talk about apostolic doctrine, I'm also talking about holiness and separation from the world. I know there's a lot of verses in your Bible about holiness and I could give you and have given entire Bible studies on the subject of holiness. I believe in holiness. I preach and teach holiness. I believe it's part of the doctrine of the apostolic church. I believe it's a foundation stone, a, a part of the very foundation of what it means to be an apostolic. Let me just give you one portion of of a verse of scripture and it's really the only thing we need the only verse we need to love the doctrine of holiness the bible said holiness without which no man shall see the lord now i think you probably feel about it like i do and that is that if it's not Uh, If it's something that means I'm not going to see God, if there's something in my life that's going to separate me from God, going to keep me from going to go with God, then I don't want that in my life. Or if it's something I must have, I don't want that missing from my life. And the Bible said, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. That's all we need to know about holiness is that you've got to be holy if you want to see God. And I promise you, I do. I have lived my entire life for the day I get to see him face to face. And I'm not going to let anything or anybody stop me from accomplishing that. The second foundation stone that I want to talk to you about after apostolic doctrine is apostolic prayer. Apostolic prayer. I believe that when apostolics pray, something powerful happens. I believe that when apostolics pray, all of heaven takes notice. More importantly, I believe when apostolics pray, God hears that prayer and God acts on that prayer of faith. It's powerful when apostolics 
pray. If the devil had anything to do with COVID-19, and I don't know that he did or he didn't, but if the devil had anything to do with COVID-19, it will go down as the worst decision that he's ever made. You say, why is that, Brother Cunningham? It's because COVID-19 is driving apostolics to prayer. Almost every day, there's a live stream of apostolics that are joining in prayer. We just had a prayer session Sunday night. We called If My People Pray from our local church that has less than a 1,000 members. But in that prayer ch- Time we had on Sunday evening, we had more than 11,000 people that viewed our prayer and participated in our prayer. We had people from 39 different states and eight different countries around the world that joined with us in prayer. I just heard that World Network of Prayer had a prayer time. It was led by our general superintendent, Brother Bernard. And if I got the story correctly, there was more than 23,000 people that joined in that prayer with World Network of Prayer. If the devil's ever made a mistake in his lifetime, it was stirring up apostolics to pray, stirring up the apostolic church to get on their face before God and praying as a body in one mind and one accord because that's the people that God hears and that's the kind of prayer that God hears and responds to. I'd like you to know that anytime apostolics face an insurmountable problem, it's like the first thing we think of. Okay, we better pray. Some situation too big for us or beyond our understanding or beyond our control. Our first response, and it should be, is that the people of God are going to go to prayer. We know that prayer changes things. We know that prayer is powerful. If there's a verse that's about being worn out right now, though you couldn't possibly wear it out, is Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. I would imagine everybody listening to me has heard that verse quoted or referred to maybe even scores or hundreds of times already during COVID-19. But let me give it to you one more time. Second Chronicles 7 and 14, God said, If my people, that's us, which are called by my name, that's us apostolics, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, the Bible says, then, T-H-E-N, then will I, number one, hear from heaven, number two, and will forgive their sin, number three, and will heal their land. It's interesting to me that there's three things that God asks you and I, apostolics. This verse is addressed to us. If my people that are called or which are called by my name, that's apostolic people, he addresses it to us and then says, you do three things. If my people, number one, will humble themselves. Number two, pray and seek my face. And number three, turn from their wicked ways. He said, then, then, that verse pivots 
on that word then. You do three things. God's about to promise He'll do three things. Then, after you've done those three things, God said, here's the three things I'll do. You're going to hear from heaven. Number two, He said, I'm going to forgive your sin. And number three, I'm going to heal your land. I thought it was rather interesting the other day when my friend Terry Schock put that verse on Twitter, uh, just copied the verse as it was on Twitter, and then he skipped a line, and at the bottom of his tweet, he said, Folks, the sooner, the better. The sooner, the better. In other words, the quicker we do those first three things, the quicker God's going to do those second three things. I want you to know there's a lot of people praying. I had the opportunity today to be on a phone call with the White House where that the president and vice president and religious leaders, main religious leaders from across our nation were on that call together. Our general superintendent, Brother Bernard, was on the call. And Brother Gleason and several other leaders in our fellowship was on the call. And I thought it was absolutely wonderful that our president was calling for prayer, that our vice president was calling for prayer, that great religious leaders of all stripes and all denominations and all schools of thought were calling for prayer. And I appreciate all of that. I appreciate it no matter who it is that's praying right now. But I want to go on record telling you that there's something powerful about it when an apostolic prays, when an apostolic church goes to prayer, binds together in one mind and one accord in prayer, faith-believing that whatever they ask, they're going to receive because of their apostolic praying. Number three, the third apostolic foundation stone that I want to talk to you about is apostolic faith. Apostolic faith. Faith is powerful. In fact, I'll make this very bold statement. Nothing is more powerful than your faith. Nothing is more powerful than your faith. And I'll tell you why. It's because your faith moves God. Nothing else moves God like faith does. I know there's a lot of you that enjoy good music, as I do. But can I tell you, there's never been a song written, there's never been a song played, there's never been a song sung that moves God like the faith of a believer moves God. I, I love good books. I love to read good books. I've, I've even written 10 or 11 books, but there's never been a book written, there has never been a book read that moves God like the faith of the faithful can move God. I love preaching. You might be able to tell that. I'm on the air about every day now. I'm enjoying preaching and teaching uh, by live stream. And, and, and I, I could get up in the middle of the night probably and preach. But I'm going to say this. There has never been a sermon note written. There has never been a sermon preached. There has never been a sermon broadcast that moves God like faith moves God. God. It's powerful when apostolics 
bind their faith together. This one believing with that one. Now it's powerful when you pray all by yourself and it's powerful when you exercise faith all by yourself. But you do understand that the scripture said if any two or three agree touching one thing, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. The Bible said if one puts a thousand to flight, two is going to put ten thousand to flight. That means three, a hundred thousand and four, a million. Do you think there's enough devils out there to stop First Pentecostal Church? Do you think there's enough devils out there to hurt your church, slow your church, bring your church to a screeching halt if God's people get together and pray and build their faith together and strengthen each other's faith in God me bind my faith with you and you with another brother and another sister it's powerful that kind of faith moves God oh I'm excited today about what I'm feeling even in this empty sanctuary I feel the presence and the power of God in this place the fourth foundation stone I want to talk to you about is apostolic giving now this has been a surprise to me. I'll have to be honest with you. I have watched a spirit of giving come upon the apostolic church during this present pandemic at a time that people, uh, many people out there have fear. Many people are even panicking at a time that the stock market is falling, at a time that businesses is laying people off, at a time that the government is having to give help and, and, and to pump money into our economy. I didn't expect the church to rise to the occasion like they are today. But I'm hearing from pastors and churches that are saying, we got faithful people in our church that, that they're mailing in their tithes and offerings and their missions and they're going online and giving their tithes and offerings and their missions and some are bringing them to the church and dropping them off, putting them in the mail slaughter, bringing them to the office and sliding them under the door. There are people that are just, they've got their mind made up. They're going to be faithful to God even in the middle of this pandemic. I'm seeing other people that are giving, that are reaching into their savings and that they're selling things. We've had people in the church that I'm privileged to pastor that are selling things and giving that money to help feed folks through our food bank. And they're giving money to various other programs and projects of this church, reaching out and helping others. The Bible said in the book of Acts chapter 2, I think down around the 45th verse, it says they sold their possessions and goods. I was reading in Phineas Dake's commentary of the Bible over there in the side column of his Bible. He does a little bit of commentary and when he comes to this phrase, possessions and goods, Phineas Dake said it means unnecessary and unneeded things. Possessions and goods, they sold their possessions and goods, their unneeded and unnecessary things to give to the work of God and to the people of God. Hear me when I tell you, God is speaking to his people today. That, that, that this and that that we have might be better put into the kingdom of God. And if God's speaking to you, you need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. You know, our garages are so full with unneeded and unnecessary things, we can't hardly park a bicycle in there, let alone one of our cars. Our attics are full of unneeded and unnecessary things. Many of us have bought buildings that we put on the back 
back of the property that's full of unneeded and unnecessary things. And some of us have rented storage spaces that are full of unneeded and unnecessary things. It's amazing that we hadn't touched those things for years before we rented the storage. We rented the storage, moved all that unneeded and unnecessary stuff there, and haven't been back to the storage to look at it since. And yet, we, we, we Americans, that's really what it is. We Americans, we don't want to give up our materialism. We don't want to give up the things that we have accumulated. But I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is speaking to people and saying that unneeded and unnecessary things that you've been saving, you've been saving it for a time like this. You need to put it into the work of God. Put it into the kingdom of God and watch how God blesses you and your family. I was noticing in the scripture that Jesus sent his disciples to a to a street called Straight in a specific uh, city and a specific street. And he said, you're going to find a donkey that's tied up there. And when you get there, I want you to untie the donkey and I want you to bring it to me. I'm going to ride into town on the back of that donkey. And then he said, now if the owner of the donkey comes out of the house and says, hey, fellas, that's my donkey you're untying and walking off with. All you have to say to him is the master hath need of it. And if you say the master hath need of it, he, he'll be okay with it. I want to point out to you, Jesus didn't tell the disciples, just go find me a donkey. He didn't say, go buy me a donkey. He didn't say, just go out in the street and take the first donkey you see. No. He said, over here in this town, on that street, at this house, there's going to be a donkey that's tied up. You take it, and if the, if the owner says anything, all you got to say to him is, the master hath need of it. Do you know why Jesus sent them there specifically? He knew that in that owner's mind and in that owner's heart, he had already come to the position and the place that if the master has need of my possessions and goods, then they're his. He can have them in the kingdom of God. Jesus knew where to send them because he knew who was kingdom-minded. Oh, I bet we got a lot of kingdom-minded people watching us today, and I am absolutely sure that if we will walk into kingdom giving, apostolic giving, that God's going to bless us and take care of us through this pandemic and God's going to restore us many fold, many times greater than we were before the pandemic came here. The fifth thing, and I'm hurrying to a close, is apostolic worship. Worship, your worship, apostolic worship. When Jesus' name, people worship. When Holy Ghost filled, people worship. When faith filled, people worship. That kind of worship releases anointing. That kind of worship releases the gifts of the Spirit. That kind of worship releases signs, wonders, and miracles among us. You say, Brother Cunningham, I can't wait to get back to church because I want to worship like that. Well, I'm standing here, and just about 10 feet from me is a brand new keyboard we bought, a brand new organ we bought, a second keyboard, drums and bass and guitar, and all of that sitting over here, but nobody's here to play it. They're not playing right now, and you probably don't have 
have that all going on at your house or in your kitchen or dining room either or in your car wherever you're watching. Can I tell you, we don't have to have all that stuff to worship God. We don't have to have a praise team up here singing in perfect three-part harmony. We don't have to have a great choir. We don't have to be in the middle of a great big audience. I challenge you to have a worship service right there in your church, in your house. Uh, maybe I should have said church too, but right there in your house while you're, while you're worshiping God, you can have church. Hear me right now. I'm challenging every one of you. Lift your hands. Magnify the Lord. Clap your hands. Get up out of your seat. Dance a little bit there in your living room or your dining room. It is, it's all right in your house if you lift up your voice and magnify the Lord. You don't have to have all of this stuff to worship. The Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. Can I tell you we don't need a second reason to worship? That, that one right there is enough. God inhabits the praises of His people. That's all we need to know about it. Is that when you worship Him, He comes close. That when you magnify Him, He allows you to feel His power and presence and spirit. Oh, I'm excited about apostolic worship. And then I close with apostolic demonstration. Number six, the sixth foundation stone that I want to talk to you about in the end time apostolic church is apostolic demonstration. In Matthew chapter 10 and verse number 8, Jesus told his disciples, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. There's the job description of an apostolic church, an apostolic believer, an apostolic minister. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 4 in the New Century Version of the Bible, it says, God also testified to the truth of the message by using wonders, great signs, and many kinds of miracles, and by giving people gifts through the Holy Spirit. We are to be a church that exercises the power of the Holy Ghost among us. And again, you don't have to be sitting in an audience of a thousand. It could be in your own living room. It could be across the back fence, lifting your hands toward a neighbor and speaking the word of faith. God wants to use you. I know your pastor, Brother Brian Kinsey, is a spiritual man and greatly used of God. I believe today that he would join with me. I think he feels about it exactly like I do. God doesn't want everybody to have to call Brian Kinsey or Jack Cunningham or some other man of God when they need prayer. God wants you as a believer to be able to pray and lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God wants you to exercise your faith and allow apostolic demonstration to flow through you and with you. In Matthew chapter 16, it said, These signs shall follow them that believe. In the name of Jesus, they will cast out devils. They will speak with new tongues. And they will lay hands on the sick. And the sick shall recover. These signs shall follow them that 
believe. That's you, folks. You're an apostolic church. You're an end-time apostolic church. And I pray right now that God would use you, that God would anoint you, that God would empower you, that God would strengthen and raise your vision for what He can and what He will do through you in these end times. Even in the middle of this time of crisis, God is raising up a church that is going to minister to the real needs of real people in this hour. I'm going to end where I started. I'm going to make the same statement to you again and tell you it belongs to you. And that is that there is nothing more powerful than an apostolic church doing and being what God designed it to do and to be. That's you. Bow your heads with me and let me pray for you. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. And I'm going to pray the prayer of faith over every one of you that are watching this live stream. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in that name that's above all other names, in that name that holds all power in heaven and in earth, you said at the sound of that name that every knee is going to bow of things under the earth, things in the earth, and things that are in the heavens. That's angels and men and devils. Everything, God, has got to bow to that name, Jesus. I speak the name of Jesus over First Pentecostal Church, over their pastor and his family and the leadership of that church. Oh God, I unleash anointing right now. Let there be a great anointing come upon every person that is a part, that is associated with First Pentecostal Church. Oh God, use them. Build faith in their hearts and minds to be used by you. And God, don't let this sickness come nigh unto them. God, protect them. I pray Pray a hedge around every one of them right now that no evil can penetrate. I pray that hedge in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh God, send great revival. Send a revival of prodigals. Send a revival of backsliders to First Pentecostal Church during this time of crisis in their city and state and our world. I pray all of this again in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I pray. God bless you, First Pentecostal Church. God bless you, Pastor Brian Kinsey and all of your wonderful staff and leaders. I love every one of you. Thank you for the privilege of letting me spend a little time with you. Lord bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T. P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.